Blog Talk Radio. Hello, welcome to Snake Oil Radio here on uh, Blog Talk Radio. Thank you for joining me today. I'm your host, Jim Ventura. It's your first time tuning into the show. Uh, a little quick uh, synopsis about me, and then we'll kind of proceed forward with our, our show uh, today. I'm a professional astrologer, numerologist. I also work with uh, Tarot, a number of other different types of oracles. I have been uh, doing professional, uh, what we call navigational consultations for almost 20 years now here in Phoenix. I love the work that I do, take a little bit of a different slant than maybe some other readers do. I don't really focus as much on, on the prediction element, even though that does come into play to some extent with working with oracles and more on kind of looking at uh, the process of creating a reality and, and seeing that reflected in oracles and how uh, helpful they can be to assist us. Uh, information about all that good stuff is available on my website if anyone's interested in uh, a uh, personal session by phone or, or in, in person here in Phoenix. Uh, go to my website, jimventura.com, easy enough to get to. Also a published author. Got two books uh, self-published now. One is Snake Oil Volume 1, which is a collection of my first four years of my column. Uh, and if you're not already getting my column monthly, email me at venturasag at yahoo.com to get on the mailing list to get the free monthly column. Uh, your your name will never be shared with anybody, by the way, too. It's blind copy sent. And my other book is called Dirty Little Secrets. Uh, both are available on Amazon, or you can check with uh, the uh, go to my website and contact me directly to get a signed uh, autographed copy as well. Okay, enough of the sales stuff <laughs> about me. I want to kind of get on a little bit today with the topic of our discussion. Before I get started, I do want to also uh, apologize to anybody who might have tried to tune in last week to the show. I did something that, that is very painful for my um, heavily influenced Virgoian astrology chart. Uh, even though I'm a Sagittarius, I got a lot of stuff in Virgo. So I kind of screwed up in terms of timing and running errands, and I, I didn't get back to the uh, the home office studio until like five minutes into the show, and uh, I just I didn't want to start late, so I chopped it. Anyway, uh, it was a crazy, crazy week. Uh, so my apologies if you tried to catch into the last show and you missed it. That doesn't happen very often. Uh, you know, sign up as a follower on Blog Talk, and that way you'll you'll kind of know when shows are going to run anyway too. And then you'll also see the topics and the subjects as well uh, that might be more of interest to you. And remember, you can catch any of the shows later on in an archive. Uh, all the shows are, 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 are you know set that way so you can listen to them at your leisure. Uh, thank you for joining me live, though, if you are. Welcome, everybody that's in the chat room already or listening to the show live. This is our uh, first of the month. Happy November, by the way. Uh, column, read. So uh, I do do a monthly column, and uh, I'm going to read my column uh, live on air today. Uh, this, of course, will end up in a book in a couple of years as well. But I want to read the column uh, live on air. And then it's going to kind of be the subject of our discussion today. I will also uh, be open the phone lines in a little while. Uh, this is the show where I don't get as many phone calls in as I do in some of the other shows. So, uh, But I will open up the phone lines in about 20, 25 minutes. We'll be able to get maybe two callers in uh, toward the end of the show if anybody wants to ask for a little mini kind of uh, oracle quick pull on air. Uh, but we'll get to those in a little bit. I do want to kind of stay on, on topic 
uh, today because, uh, again, a lot of people catch the show also in the archive and they enjoy, um, they typically like really hearing more of, of what we're discussing necessarily in the personal calls. I love doing the personal calls, by the way, so don't ever be embarrassed about asking for them. Just be patient. If I can't get to you, you know, you have to call in for the next show. And always remember, too, the... Uh, whenever you see shows where it says uh, update on astrology and listener's choice, those are really good shows to call in on if you want to try to get a little quick mini reading in because I open up the phone lines a lot earlier on those days. And there's usually at least one, sometimes two of those a month. Okay. Anyway, so this is the column that I wrote. Uh, you know, and it was interesting writing this because I, you know, normally uh, as a writer, when I write a column, it'll go through anywhere from probably five to up to like, you know, 12 or 13 rewrites and re-edits before it's finished. This one was definitely one of those that ended up on the higher side of rewrites. Uh, <laughs> under, and after I read it, you'll kind of understand probably why. Uh, I really had to work on this in a lot of ways to get really, this down uh, to express the way you know I, I was thinking on this particular subject. Uh, it was a little bit of a difficult thing to write. I'm glad that I wrote it. I think it's going to be very beneficial to people that read it uh, and will offer them a really great perspective to look at at, at rejection. That, that shows up in our lives. So I'm uh, glad I was able to do it. I just this is kind of be a, can be a somewhat of a sensitive subject to a lot of people. And then of course there was so many other angles I could have gone with um, with this in terms of discussion. But you know I try to keep my columns uh, at you know maybe a page and a half to two page because I know most human beings you know just understandably don't have the attention span to to get into something that long. So I did try to cut it as reasonably as possible. Maybe we can talk a little bit about some of the things I wanted to mention that I wasn't able to in this piece. Okay, that's it. So uh, this is a live read of uh, my snake oil column called Rejection. And uh, let's start here, and then we'll we'll kind of talk a bit about this today, and we'll, we'll be able to, you know, obviously you can uh, post any comments uh, and things in the, in the chat room if you're listening live, and uh, we'll open the phone lines in a little while also. I caught a post from a friend on Facebook who mentioned that she recently had a few of her friends remove themselves from her friends list. One of them actually even went as far as blocking her. As a result of this, she expressed some understandable hurt. Her posts are always positive, uplifting, and even enlightened. Only the most miserable type of person could find fault for anything she expresses or find her posts offensive. I'm very familiar with this type of rejection myself. My snake oil blog reaches almost 1,000 people each month. I get anywhere from 5 to 20 people who request removal of their name from my column list each year. I've been dropped by Facebook friends more than a few times, and in life as well. I was recently removed from a friend client's friend list and actually requested being removed from my column's mailing list also, who was always a big fan of my writing, teaching, and has had many personal sessions with me over the years. I noticed her posts were becoming more Christian-themed. Many of the last viewable posts I saw of hers were Bible quotes. Her two adult sons are actually pretty hardcore born-again Christians. She's always wanted to get closer to them. It is likely that she prioritized becoming more religious and being, fr and being friends with a New Age guy may have not been part of her new priorities. Whatever her reasons, a number of people told me that they also were tossed from her list. Experience as a writer, a radio show, a host, and public speaker for many years 
and being comfortable putting myself out there makes it far less hurtful to me when someone decides to drop me in any capacity. Strangely, having more experiences with these type of rejections in the past has made me far less reactive to this type of thing. My early writing submissions to magazines had frequent rejections, and this also toughened me up. Rejection, while uncomfortable, comes to us in a number of different ways and is simply a reality of this world. Recently, half of my family chose to ignore or simply forget my youngest sister and her husband's last birthday. Their birthdays are five days apart. This was by no means the first time she has been ignored and forgotten by members of my large family. I, too, have had my share of times when I've been rejected by friends in relationships, job interviews, and a number of other areas in life. In the 20 years of doing navigational consultations and spiritual counseling, I've had clients who I've worked with for years drop all contact without explanation many times. Because of my abilities in understanding the human psyche, also Mercury and Sagittarius in the 8th house, for any astrological buffs here, I can often understand what may have been the motivation behind their specific dismissals. Knowing the psychological motivations, numerology, astrology, of others makes understanding the good, quote, and bad, quote, aspects of others' behavior quite a bit easier. More importantly, I learned a long time ago that most of the time the reasons for any rejection I experience have little or nothing to do with any lack coming from me. Financial limitations, depressions, embarrassment about falling into old patterns again, an urge for a new teacher, or just getting too busy in life to prioritize inner spiritual work are often the most common reasons. In all cases, I wish them the best and trust that new clients and students are meant to take their places, and they always do. Change is a natural part of life and nothing to fret about. Everyone who becomes part of our life isn't meant to necessarily be a permanent fixture. Most people, even if they understand why they've been rejected, experience some feeling of emotional sting when they are tossed aside by people they care about. It took many years for me to develop neutrality around rejection. When I was in my early 20s, I had a best friend for three years. He got his new girlfriend pregnant and quickly did the right thing, quote, and married her. Within weeks of their marriage, he stopped returning my calls and I was cut out of his life entirely. It was one of the most painful rejections I'd ever experienced. I knew his wife didn't like me but I was still surprised that he acted in such an extreme way. He also cut himself off from other members of his family that he was equally close to. No surprise, he and his wife divorced after two years. He inevitably asked for my forgiveness, and I was happy to give it to him. Still, things had changed. I had new close friends, and he, we would never get back to the closest we had years before. Many years of being an adventurous dater have left me with quite a few stories about rejections in this area. I actually once went on a blind date at a coffee house. We'd exchanged photos online and talked by phone briefly. The day we planned to meet, I'm pretty sure my blind date drove by. I was actually sitting at an outside table. Saw me and kept going. Talk about some serious rejection. Some of the rejections I've experienced in the process of dating have been both troubling and kind of funny. I've always prided myself on being kind even when I'm not interested in someone. Although I'm guessing I may have some past connections, I probably didn't see my dismissal of them as kind. I've had quite a few dates where someone really liked me and I was simply not feeling it. 
I recognize that I have rejected people equally as often as I have been the rejector. We all experience rejection at times in our lives, though some people experience it far more often than others. Approximately 30% of the population have a life goal of acceptance. People with this common goal are often really nice people. They are rarely racist, sexist, homophobic, judgmental, or mean-spirited. They're more inclined to be loving and kind to almost everyone. The positive pole of acceptance is agape, or unconditional love. When they're not acting from the influences of fear, people with the goal of acceptance are highly evolved in the ability to love and accept others, including themselves. The negative pole of this goal is ingratiation. Ingratiation is the fear-based process of bending over backwards to gain love and approval from others. These people will often jump through hoops and even accept mistreatment from others at times in order to be liked. A less common life goal that makes up only about 4% of the population is discrimination. Its positive pole is sophistication. Sophistication is the process of developing high standards, a discriminating palate, expertise, a sharp eye, and a healthy sense of self-worth. Many film critics, chefs, wine connoisseurs, and other talented people have this life goal. The negative pole or fear-based response for them is to experience a lot of rejection during their lifetimes. They experience more rejection than most of us because of their fussiness or critical tongues are often difficult for others to put up with. They can become judgmental, opinionated, and even snobbish when caught in their negative poles. Even if you don't actually have either of these life goals, there are actually five others. We all experience rejection in different ways throughout our lifetimes. Using the positive pole of discrimination, sophistication, to our advantage can help us to move through any rejections we experience. We can recognize that instead of taking a victim posture from any rejection, we have an opportunity to move forward, grow, and open up to new experiences. We get to weed out people and things that no longer fit us. Why would we want to be connected with anyone who doesn't appreciate us or want what we have to offer anyway? I got so immersed into my friendship uh, with my buddy years ago that I couldn't see that when he rejected me, at the time, of course, I believed it was because of his bitch wife, it was time for me to move in a different direction. Some part of me rejected him, knowing that there were new friendships and relationships that were calling me in my own evolutionary path. Two years later, I moved to Phoenix. I would have had to let go of that friendship anyway. Often our instincts tell us a chapter is over and it is time to move on. Yet our emotional bodies hurt and can't understand why we were rejected. While it might hurt us, rejection is always still good medicine. And I, feel I now feel detached about most rejections. The reason for them do not need to be explained to me. I was lucky through my study of metaphysics to learn not to take this world personally. I do my best to teach this bit of wisdom to all of my clients and close friends. We can all use sophistication in the best possible way if we choose to. We can also realize that we often reject others all of the time, even if we don't see when we do it. A lot of these times are minor, but they may seem major to those on the receiving end. The wink and smile from the recently single guy at Starbucks that you ignored may have been seen as a rejection. The female coworker who thought you were her next best friend may have been seen as a rejection. The person on the subway who you chose not to sit next to who had low self-esteem may have, uh, may have seen this as a rejection. The family member who thought you were going to give them hope for a gift may have seen this as a rejection. The bigger rejections of people 
we may have been close to one time are also a real and common part of our experience as human beings. We might reject a one-time friend because they married someone annoying. They may reject us because they want to be around other people who are now married with children. We may have a friend who got into a dysfunctional relationship and distanced themselves from us to avoid us judging them. One of our friends may have hoped our friendship was going to become something more than just a friendship, but we simply never even looked at them that way. We will hurt people we are close to, and at the same time, this will be done to us from time to time. People project their ideals or hopes or scripts and their fantasies on us all of the time. We frequently do the very same thing. We piss people off without realizing it and also irritate others more often than we consciously recognize. It's normal to mourn a major loss and feel a bit of a sting when we're rejected. We're human beings who feel things. Still, our higher self does know what it's doing. At a deeper level, any personal rejection, even with people we were once close to, is actually the ending of a mutual dance. We have just consciously or unconsciously chosen not to dance together anymore. Change is part of life, and nature pours a vacuum. It will inevitably replace the loss with something more in alignment of where we are now. Let all of your rejections be the gateways to new beginnings. Okay, so that is my column read. As you can see, uh, it was a long one. Uh, <laughs> that that that's significant. You know, sometimes again, some some subjects. I mean, I could just go on and on and on for for eons about. Uh, and again, you can see that as an, an example of a long one. But I tried to get as much as I could in within that reasonable amount of time. And you know, this column actually was somewhat spurred on by uh, two things uh, that were connected with Facebook. Wonderful person, mentioned her in the piece, a really amazing human being. Um, I remember seeing a post, and she was really upset. She said a couple of friends had blocked her, and they, they ditched her as a friend, and she didn't understand why anybody would do that. Total understandable. You know, uh, I think Facebook has opened up a whole new uh you know, Pandora's box on on potential for uh, being loved and hated and, and various other things too, and the way we can uh, we can look at each other uh, as if you know just regular life wasn't enough in that sense. Um, and at the same time, I had mentioned this too. Wonderful client that I've I, I've just known for years. I mean, I've probably had you know twelve sessions with her over the years. Uh, you know, she often commented on my column. I, I've seen her at social events as well. And, you know, I saw it coming. I could see the, you know, she always had that kind of, you know, uh, really hardcore kind of Christian energy um, that she was trying to blend with, with metaphysical and New Age philosophy, which, by the way, a lot of people are able to do. I mean, I have a lot of, uh, you know, friends that are, are very Christian in their perceptions, and they're also pretty metaphysical and New Age. So that, that ain't an impossibility by any means. Uh, there are, you know, I don't consider myself Christian, even though I was raised Catholic. But I do certainly think there are elements of of Christian philosophy that are are really valuable and awesome. And of course, the teachings of Christ are, are kick ass. You know, I mean, you, not, I'm not talking about Bible quotes. I'm talking about the energy of Christ and what it represents. So, that aside, you know, nothing against the Christian thing. But I saw the more extreme kind of energy she was dealing with with her with her children being you know adult children being really hardcore and her struggling with that because they probably weren't looking fondly on her so pretty understandable that she wanted to get closer to her kids but 
I, I think it's really interesting to think that in order to do this, you would cut out friends and people that you care about and turn away from things that had been valuable to you in such an extreme way in order to, to win and gain approval in that context. It sounds kind of pretty unchristian, at least in terms of what I think Christianity should be. You know, there's a lot of people that are in that, that arena that, are, that say they're Christian that to me are not Christian. So it was kind of odd, but again, I saw it coming. So I, I wasn't really as hurt by it. I had a lot of people that were friends with that really were hurt by it. I, I wasn't. Again, you know, I don't have a goal of acceptance, and I don't have a goal of, of discrimination like I talked about. My goal is flow. And by the way, all of that is from the Michael teachings. Uh, I do classes on that. If anyone's getting my column, they'll know I've quoted a lot of Michael material in the past. And I'm also in the process of making um, uh, some CD classes of the Michael teachings available. Uh, those, If you get on my newsletter or you, you catch the radio show, you'll find out in the next couple of months when those are available. And those will be cheap and easy for you guys to get. You can listen to the, the CDs um, at home at your leisure and learn that Michael material, which is awesome to learn. But uh, I don't have either of those goals of acceptance or 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 uh, or, or uh, discrimination. Um, my goal is flow, which is you know uh, a, the positive pole is is suspension or free flowing, and its negative pole is inertia or swimming against the stream. It's a little bit of a different energy, but uh, I, I certainly you know all the life goals. While we'll have a primary goal. Everyone has access at some level to the other goals. I mean, if, even if you're, you have a goal of growth or uh, reevaluation, again, there are seven of them. You will go through periods where you are accepted or you're rejected. You know, so th those are realities. But people with those goals of acceptance and rejection, they really experience it a lot more and in a more intense way. That's part of their their growth in this life to uh, to really incorporate that and learn to see that from another perspective. So maybe it was a little easier for me to deal with some of the rejections, but, you know, like I mentioned in the piece also, you have to laugh. I mean, I had some, um, I could go on and on in tremendous detail about uh, relationship rejections um, in, in the long haul as well as with brief blind dates. I mean, I definitely an adventurous dater. I mean, I've, I've probably gone on, I'm 47. I mean, I've probably gone on 150 blind dates in my life easily. And uh, I've had a few fairly long-term relationships, a few fairly short-term relationships. So, you know, you can hear me kind of laughing, but, I mean, I could, I could share some horror stories worse than the drive-by at the coffee house, which every time I think about that, it makes me laugh. Like, um, whoever did that, I mean, at one level, what a piece of shit – you know, you know, but yet also weirdly a blessing because anyone who's not going to like me or, you know, again, I might actually, you know, got together and, and not felt that attraction either. But so clearly it was almost beneficial. Why waste each other's time? You know, but I mean, oh, talk about like the epitome of rudeness. You do have to kind of laugh at, at that kind of behavior from another human being. It's just so odd. But again, I didn't really know what it's about. Maybe, you know, maybe, you know, you think you're being rejected because you're not good looking enough or, you know, some other factor, but you don't really know why somebody did that. You know, maybe the 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 person the the dude that that I was I was meeting um had sent fake pictures or something and then realized that, you know, uh I would I would be turned off and got scared about actually meeting. You know what I mean? So it's funny when you you can stand back and potentially look at the fact that the thing you think is 
the reason may not be the reason. You know, and really, I've often said that to people. More often than not, most of the times we're rejected are really not necessarily someone deciding that they don't like us. Sometimes it is. But again, more often than that, that's not actually the case. A lot of times there are different reasons why people would do that. We just as human beings are likely to respond in an emotional way when somebody rejects us. You know, again, it's a little easier. You know, you're at the gym, you're flirting with someone a little bit, or anyone else for that matter, and, you know, male or female, whatever your you know sexual orientation or situation is, and you think it's going to go somewhere, and then you find out that they're married or that they're not interested. You know, those sting. But, you know, if, if you're a functional person, it stings for a little bit, and then you kind of move on, you know. Uh, the bigger stuff, again, I had mentioned this in the piece, like, you know, when you have a family member that decides they hate you and never wants to speak to you again, um, or, you know, a person that you loved who cheats on you or breaks up for you with you, or, you know, or a child that rejects you. I mean, these are these are much bigger events that involve rejection. But as I had said in the piece, really, again, with the larger events, there it's a little harder to do this. But ultimately, if you really allow yourself to, to meditate and get clear and, and move beyond the angst of the emotional body, um, you'll often see that there really, for the most part, is no true victimization in this context because some part of you has chosen to move them out of your life. And I've said this on previous shows because I know every time I've had a, a relationship breakup with someone that I was in a reasonably long-term relationship with, you know, it is normal to hurt, to get mad, to get upset. But I always say this in as humorously as I possibly can in true Sagittarian fashion, but, you know, all exes get hit with the ugly stick. Meaning, you know, after a couple of months or after a year, you might see them or talk to them and then, ugh, like not even out of like ugh, out of like anger, ugh, out of like you know. You ever get that thing after you you know see an ex a couple of years later and they they're weird looking or you don't like the way that they talk? Or you, I mean, I always say that, and I've said this in past shows. It's funny when you're in love because you know love's light, you know, glosses out all the yucky, and you you often even look at the yucky stuff about a person in, in kind of a loving light. So when the light turns off, whether you chosen it or it was forced. It is natural to kind of get into that kind of a disposition, which, believe it or not, is healthy. You know, why would you want to pine after someone who doesn't want you? You know, uh, move on, because there will be other opportunities and other things will open up to you in that sense. And, and that's a really key thing that I was really wanting to express here, which was is that, really, guys, think about this. Not every person in your life is a, is a permanent fixture. You're not always going to be you know, necessarily connected with each other. You know, in the case when you have a child or a lot of times with familial uh, contacts and connections, often in different capacities, it can be a lifetime relationship. Some of us have best friends that we've been friends with for many years as well, so it's certainly possible. But actually not really, um, you know, as common as you think in, in the ratio of how many people we involve ourselves with in our lifetimes. I mean, I've got friends that I've been friends with for for 15 years, 16 years. I mean, I even have friends that maybe I'm not as close to, but that I've been friends with for for 25. You know, which is mind-boggling. Um, do I could still count them as 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 close friends? So uh, we have those experiences. But I, you know, before I was a, uh, I started doing navigational consultations and even 
a lot of the time when I was, I was often working in restaurants, waiter, bartender. I mean, I every restaurant I worked in, I mean, it would be like the forming of a new family. I mean, I got very close to people in a way where for a couple of years uh, we were really close friends and really connected. And, and then, you know, often when that structure ends and, and people have moved on at one level or another, uh, like, you know, again, you might connect on Facebook or say happy birthday once in a while or talk once or twice a year. But, you know, a lot of cases you might lose contact entirely. And it doesn't mean that you didn't love them and that they were not really an important part of your life. It's just that is life. Uh, we we don't always stay connected with someone you know quote unquote forever. Uh, that that's a normal part of it, especially now because our, our lifetimes are longer. I mean you know and in a hundred years it, it's going to be common for people to live to a hundred, you know in the next hundred years. It's already pushing in that direction. A lot of people will easily make it to nineties, even to a hundred. Uh, so the lifespans are longer. So again, really think about it. I mean, being totally immersed and connected with someone for 84 years, man, that's a lot. You know, it can be done, but it's a lot. So yeah, I mean, th- this dance of rejection, as I call it, is very much a part of life in a larger way and in a smaller way. Okay, I'm going to continue on with this subject and a few other things, uh, but I do want to open up the phone lines. I can probably take one or two callers today. Uh, certainly if you want to comment on what we're discussing within the show uh, or if you just want to do a little mini-reading. Um, again, I always got to keep those to about four minutes, guys, uh, just pulling a, a card or two or, or an oracle um, just because uh, we only have a 45-minute show and we're down to the last 15 minutes already. But it's definitely an option. So uh, the call-in number is uh, 646-200-3966. You might need to dial a 1 before that. Uh, again, that's 646-200-3966. And uh, if anybody does have a question, comment, uh, you, you're welcome to call in in the next uh, 10 minutes. Okay. So that said, uh, we'll wait to see if we get any callers today. Um, I do want to continue on a little bit about this particular subject. Um, you know, I actually have, I, I mentioned it in the piece also, too. I have a uh, a little... My younger sister, uh, again, I mentioned her in the piece. Uh, you know, a lot of my family members had forgotten her birthday and her husband's. And, you know, in a very obvious way, I knew she was in pain about it. I, You know, usually most Sundays, this is, I have a little sister that lives here in, in Phoenix with me. She lives in Scottsdale. So often we go to breakfast on Sundays. Not every Sunday, but most Sundays we do. Um, and... Uh, you know, she kind of mentioned it, and I can tell there was an anxiety about the fact that a good half of my pretty large family had really more or less forgotten to call or, or do any much of anything about her birthday. So, you know, I've known my sister for, I mean, I'm 47. I've known her for, you know, she's two years younger than me. I've known her for 45 years. Um, she's had a pretty heavy, heavy dose of, of experiences like that in her life. I remember when she was younger, too, she often would have friends that would just completely ditch her in a really kind of almost mean way uh, from time to time. And I know a lot of it was because she's kind of fussy. I mean, she was very opinionated about certain things and very strong-willed Leo and Leo-Virgo combination. Uh, And, you know, she offended people from time to time. I'm I'm sure she did. uh, because of the, she got caught up in judgment sometimes. She got a lot of Virgo in her chart, even though her son is in Leo. So does her husband. And uh, that's my joke. I always say when you got a lot of Virgo in your chart, 
you often do a lot of eye rolling from uh <laughs> how stupid people are so uh she she's had a, her share of, of of rejection and uh i always as a funny story years ago she told me where she actually got a, a fired from a job for eye rolling because she was working for a chef and he was such an idiot and said so many stupid things that uh he finally turned to her one day in a fit and said you eat your eye rolling you could leave and get out so uh I always thought that was kind of awesome, actually, <laughs> to be fired that way. So ridiculous. But uh, anyway, she's someone who has this goal that I mentioned of of, of discrimination. Uh, in the original Michael teachings, if you read the books, uh, which you probably can still get, by the way, you know, you can get my version and teachings of it as they come out if you're interested. But you can also, uh, they're probably you can find um, reprints of a lot of them. Uh, or go to you know used bookstores, but the original books were called Messages from Michael by Chelsea Quinn Yarbrough. They're channeled books. It was Messages from Michael, and the second one was More Messages from Michael. I believe the third one was called Michael's People, all by uh, Chelsea Quinn Yarbrough. I got to tell you guys, if you can get your hands on any of these, I mean, it's not just kind of good metaphysical stuff. I mean, it's like you know orgasmic mental information. It's just kick ass. Um, this material. So I've quoted and used it a lot over the years with clients, with people, and they're always amazed. And every time I've held Michael classes here at my home, people are always just like, oh, my God, dude, this is amazing material. It is. It's fantastic, brilliant, great way to look at life. I mean, astrology is awesome and incredible, and I love it, and it's just so much information. But i got to tell you, Michael, in some ways, is just as good, if not even a tiny bit better, because it can be a little bit even easier for the average person to learn and understand. Uh, anyway, so my sister had this goal, and, you know, it is. She's uh, Her and her friend, they go to high-end art movies on the weekends. They are very fussy about the different types of uh, restaurants they go to, and she's very particular about the food that they eat and, and all those various things as well, too, uh, which is which is great. She she's fussy. She she has very high standards about what she does and who she interacts with. Doesn't make her not a nice person, but again, people with this life goal, um, the negative pole is is rejection. They go through it a lot. Uh, there it, it can be very 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 difficult uh, in that respect uh, when when you go through it because they go through it a lot. Probably one of the most famous people with that life goal of of discrimination. Uh, that you would see in the media today would be Simon Cowell. Perfect example of it. You know, a lot of the chefs on these uh, on these reality shows are uh, have this goal as well too. You can see they're very sophisticated, very smart, very sharp, very intelligent. Uh, you know, very English almost. I, I say that humorously. Uh, but uh, you can see where that comes from. That that kind of really uh, sharp eye. That that palette palette for for excellence and for good and the negative side you know they can be kind of you know a little bit prickish uh in some respects and really be fussy in a way that that's difficult to handle when caught in fear and when caught in the negative poles influenced by fear as i mentioned the piece a more common goal really with almost 30 percent of the population has a goal of acceptance so if that's your goal again it's a common one the two most common life goals are growth and acceptance. About 30% of the population has, has either of these goals. So 60% of the population are in growth or, uh, or uh, acceptance. Uh, by the way, the positive pole of growth is evolution. Its negative is confusion. 
and uh, acceptance, what I had talked about in the piece, in the column I read, it's positive pull again is agape or unconditional love, and it's negative is ingratiation. So, you know, even if you don't have this goal, again, you may have a hint of this that will show up in your life, but people with this goal, again, have a lot of it. Uh, you know, on the positive side, people with the goal of acceptance, I mean, to put it nicely, they're just nice people. You know, they want to be liked. They're, you know, you don't get really terribly mean human beings. You often get people that have a genial kind of a disposition, a likable energy about them. You know, a lot of people will fall in, in love with them, you know, easily because they're just cool. They're they're likable. They're not, they're just not so judgmental. They they tend to kind of see a connectedness in everybody at some level. It's an awesome goal that way, and it's positive pole. That's the agape. They really um, are are very very um, advanced that way in their ability to love and accept the people around them. The negative pole is ingratiation, and I've worked with clients with this goal. I have a lot of them. And uh, it's tough in the negative pole because ingratiation means that, that kind of bending over backwards, that desperation to try to get someone to love you and appreciate you. Anybody who's married, not anybody, but a lot of people who've married know what it's like when you marry someone in that part of you, like you want to win over your, your, your in-laws and your family and you want to get them to, to love you and to like you. I mean, that's pretty normal. Uh, but sometimes it ain't going to happen. You know, many, many, many women marry men who are, you know, somewhat mama's boys in some respects, and uh, mama's never going to, you know, totally accept you fully. So, uh, you know, th this does happen uh, in life. Sometimes no matter what you do, you just can't win. That's really the key for, you know, when you're caught up in ingratiation is to know when to stop. And the way to do it is to slide over to the positive pole of discrimination, which is sophistication, and get cocky, you know, in the healthiest possible way and say, you know what, I don't want you to like me. You know, uh, I, I had to go through this in a, in a different capacity in my life. I mean, I'm a gay man. Uh, you know, I, when I was younger in my 20s, I, I struggled whether people would accept me or like me and, and all of those things. And, 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 and you know, once I, I got to my late 20s and 30s, my posture completely changed on it. And I went to uh, the positive pole of sophistication. And my philosophy now is if someone doesn't like me, what the hell do I care? You know, if if someone in 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 the the heart of you know Mississippi or or somewhere in a small boat on town doesn't a, a, agree with homosexuality or like them and they don't like me, what what what, what do I give a shit for? I'm not gonna go hang out with a person like that anyway. In that sense, what 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 purpose? What benefit would there be for me in that respect? So that's an area where it's been very easy for me. I know I, I'll run across. Um, you know, sometimes when I talk to other gay people and they talk about how they're, you know, they got abused at work or they get made fun of or something like that, I always think that that's amusing. I don't think anybody said a negative comment to me in that context in, in probably 15 or 20 years because, one, I'm not interested, and, two, you know, they might possibly get a, a little bit of a punch in the face. You know what I mean? It ain't going to happen. Not interested. More, more importantly, I, mean, I don't want to get aggressive with anybody, but it has a lot to do with my posture. Just not interested in that. You know, you, I'm, I didn't, I'm, I'm not here for you to like me or appreciate I don't care if you don't. So that's what sophistication is. In fact, I, I feel that way even when, when people, you know, ask to be removed from getting my column or things of that nature from time to time. I don't really take an offense in it. I, I Honestly, from the p perspective of sophistication, I think I'm a really good writer. 
I think, uh, you know, if you, if you uh, read a lot of the things that I've written and read my books, I think if you work with me, I think you're going to get a lot, and it could be potentially really beneficial to, to do that. So if you don't want to, that's cool. I don't expect anybody to necessarily do it. But I think that the people that I, I see regularly and the clients that I work with, I don't think – I think they're smart that they use me that way. So I feel the same with people that read my column. I think it's smart. So I just want to, in a very cocky way, illustrate what sophistication is. So for all of my listeners, um, listen, guys, you know, you're, you're unique in your own way. We all have attributes and things that are, you know, very particular about us, that make us awesome. And, and some people are going to love that, and some people are not going to like it. Get your energy off, uh, try to get your energy off wanting everyone to love you. If you're a good person and you're talented and you have special abilities, some people are going to appreciate that and some people are not. So it's really powerful when you're able to pull yourself away from that, that worry, that ingratiation, and that attempting to jump through hoops in that respect uh, to be approved and to be loved. It, it, it really is not necessary. Um, again, we have, you know, you could be the most wonderful, kindest human being in the world and you can be a beautiful woman with a, with a wonderful disposition and an attractive body and a likable human being. And you could go to a Weight Watchers um, meeting and everyone there might want to punch your face in <laughs> because you're skinny. <laughs> you know what I mean? What are you going to do? Are you going to gain weight so that you can be loved? You know what I mean? Or, or, or the reverse. You know what I mean? It, it, could, you know, it, could be, it could be the opposite in that sense. If you're a, a big, large woman... Um, you know, you, you can love yourself and know that you're beautiful the way that you are. And there are going to be men or women, depending on what you're attracted to, that are going to think that's awesome and sexy and hot. You know, and there are going to be people that think it's it's not attractive and unappealing. Okay, let them. So that's one of the things about, I think, that that's very, very significant about understanding rejection. And really everyone content, con, considering taking that, that energy of sophistication into their life in the best possible way and recognizing, you know, you're unique and you're awesome. And, you know, the things that are wrong with us, you know, we fix. But, you know, no one really fixes anything when someone beats us up for it or, or, or yells at us. You know, it's like the the husband who's married to the wife and he's heavy and he keeps telling her she's a pig and she's fat because he wants to help her lose weight. God, dumb as could possibly, not only dumb, but mean and unnecessary. You know, just that's not a way that we motivate people. And, and don't let yourself be motivated that way. You know, we have things that we correct and need to fix in ourselves and we should address those, you know, uh, in our own time, in our own way. But we also gain a lot by loving ourselves, by being comfortable with who we are and knowing how valuable we are in this world in our own unique kind of a way. Okay, well, boom, right through a show already. Um, I want to mention a couple of things before we hang up here. We've got only two more minutes on the show. Uh, welcome, uh, Gleeful and Mary Lee 24. A couple of the people have jumped in and out of the chat room. I know there's probably more people listening live. And I know a lot of people will catch me in the archives. Uh, the last show that I did had 1,700 archive listens. Just blowing my mind at how many people are catching my show later on. It just freaks me out a little bit. Um, but not in a bad way. I'm, I'm glad. I, I want to reach more people. I'm also going to be starting to do some YouTube stuff. And I'll tell you guys about that 
I have a really funny YouTube video that will be up in about two months that you're going to love if you're a metaphysical person because I am truly a wise ass. So there's wisdom in it and a lot of humor. Anyway, I'll, I'll give you some uh, insight into uh, some information on that in, in my column as that, that gets ready to come out as well as on future radio shows. Okay, so looks like we're winding down. Uh, next week I will not be here again. I've got a Vegas trip planned. Uh, I'm actually going to be in Vegas for um, the election. And uh, I early voted, though, so I, I stuck to my guns. I did my early voting, uh, so I got that out of the way. But I wanted, I, you know, I felt bad that I wasn't going to be uh, here for election day, but I know I'd be obsessed with watching the results of things uh, on TV. So I'm going to be in Vegas because I'm going to be oblivious and retarded. That's my major plan. You know, I want to just, I don't want to be so consumed with that. Anyway, so, uh, but I will be here the following week, and that's going to be the update on astrology. A lot of cool stuff going on. Uh, also, um, if you had some difficulty in the last week or so, you're not losing your mind, guys. There was some really difficult astrology and stuff going on. You don't have to even be on the East Coast and got your ass kicked by that hurricane to know there was some tough stuff. I'm going to talk about that in, in two weeks when I'm back here again for the astrology show. I'll also be able to take uh, some callers um, on that show I uh, love you guys for tuning in. Um, again, if you're not already getting my column, email me at VenturaSage at Yahoo.com to get added to the mailing list. It's free. And, uh, you know, again, information about any of the services, things I do, go to my website, JimVentura.com, and uh, check out any of that good stuff. Thanks again for tuning in. Mary Lee 24 you rock also. <laughs> Thank you, guys. I love both your names, Gleeful and Mary Lee 24 uh, Very positive. All right. Cheers. We'll catch up with you next time.